today on PandaVision, Matthew Westfox and Jeff Randall team up to take on the Umbrella Academy, talking about season one, episode six, The Day That Wasn't. All that and more right after this commercial break, we have no control over. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back. My name is Matthew Westbox. And I'm Jeff Randall. And this is PandaVision, the Stranded Panda podcast where we take a deep dive into standalone geeky TV shows that we love. And Umbrella Academy is definitely one I love and I like a lot of this episode, but I got to admit, this is not my favorite episode of the show. What, what, how, how are we feeling about talking about episode six? You know, I, I was so into this episode. I was like, oh man, shit's hitting the fan. Here we go. And then, and then it was the day that wasn't and they yeah. rolled it back and none of it matters because none of it actually happened. Oh, time travel. Damn it. <laughs> so, okay, good. I, I'm glad that you're on my side with this because I, I, let's get the time travel stuff out of the way because I just, I, I just need to go on some rants here. Go for it. Um, the whole concept of we have to fix the timeline and keep going back to fix the timeline just makes no logical sense because like, first of all, how, like, it's a butterfly effect. Like every time you go back and like push one thing to try to fix the timeline, you should be causing like 20 million other big problems. Um, and, and also how is it the timeline keeps getting fucked up? Like they keep saying like, Oh, well maybe now the Hindenburg thing won't happen. Um, I don't know. This, this whole idea that time has to be locked in this way. Uh, they never quite say why they're doing it. And often the justification is because like, if time gets too out of whack, then everything terrible will happen. But <laughs> something terrible did happen and they are fully OK with it. So if they're saying that we want to stop bad things from happening, but the literal destruction of all of humanity is within the realm of OK things. What in the world are they doing? Yeah, well, she said in the in the last episode, episode five, uh, it's not the end of everything, just the end of something. And she was like intentionally cagey about it. Right. And it was really frustrating that she did that because it's like, what, what something, what the, what are you talking about? <sighs> and, and just, yeah, the, there was just all these like little cutesy moments of like, nope, he's in charge of the Hindenburg. And like the whole thing about like giving someone food poisoning on the roast, you know, like, like poison the roast to make sure that this person is late. And like it, it's a fun little causality loop, but it, 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 it's all based on the idea that all of human existence is fixed, except for the fact that they can change things. But, but therefore it should have like, I just, I can't logically buy the idea that you can ever actually calculate what all those changes are going to be. Cause if, if so, human free will is utterly meaningless. Um, yeah. And what's the point of any of this? Well, I mean, she says that they want the, the balance between the timeline and human free will. And right. that's very troubling. That's a, that's an incredibly um, fascist 
way to go about things like this is the timeline and there is no diverting from it and we not only do we want to preserve it but we seek to like we actively seek out those who you know would would make that timeline not happen and dispose of them like we we never saw a a pneumatic tube come up that was just like hey uh talk to this guy you know get this person some counseling (laughs) yeah no it's all just it's kill this person or like you know you know get the roast dirty or whatever it is (laughs) yeah it's it's never contaminate all of the meat that this that this vendor has right how many other people do, like that's the thing who else died of food poisoning from that vendor yeah like, like how many what people effects are did you that killing have? yeah uh. and then you're right like to me there also is so much good that happens in this episode and so then to just erase it entirely like they gave us this beautiful beautiful moment with luther and allison um that like Christmas lights that came out of nowhere. Yeah, dresses. it's like, and like, like often a show has a feeling of like we have to stick to our one genre. Here we have this one moment that is a hundred percent magical realism. It makes no sense with anything else going on, but who cares? Because it's beautiful and it's wonderful. Yep. And and it was such a poignant moment for those two characters. And now to know it didn't exist, it's just like, ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and like when when five goes back and it's like all right well now i'm here for the day so the day is going to be different and you know in the next episode i was desperately wanting i was like where are luther and allison going to have their moment in this episode because they have to have their moment because you gave me their moment in the last episode damn it they where is it yeah to me this is where like it's funny so much this show has seemed so right I feel like the pacing in this episode especially is just like not that the pacing of this episode is bad, but the where this fits into the overall show, at least so far, doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, you know, we, we talk about bottle episodes as like episodes that don't matter to us, but mm-hmm. this episode very much doesn't matter to them, like their yeah. timeline. This is a bottle episode where the bottle has gone off to recycling and been turned back into plastic. Right. Like, literally, like, everything is thrown out. And I just, part of, I think sometimes why bottle episodes frustrate people is because they feel like they're a waste of time. And I often love bottle episodes because I love day in the life. Like, yeah, it it gives you more information about the character and it informs the character so much. And if all I ever see is the character in a crisis, I never actually know what's the character like outside of a crisis. And I have no, nothing to compare it to. Yep. Um, but here the problem of the bottle episode is there's so many, like to me, we're starting to get into the problem that I, I, I gave up after season one of lost. And I know people who kept watching had the same problem, which is that you introduce a lot of interesting questions, but then instead of going further on the questions, you keep giving us more and more questions. Um, right now I kind of feel like we have this whole, we have so much going on with the father. We have so much going on with the seven. We have so much going on with Vanya. There's just so much we don't know even about the seven themselves. Like what happened that they were all born to women who weren't pregnant? What, what happened to everyone else who wasn't part of the seven? Like what happened to their moms? Yeah. What, what happened to Grace? So now telling me, oh, by the way, we're now going to give you a totally different story that one of your characters is involved with, but otherwise has no connection to anything else. I, I, I just was sort of like, why, why are we doing this? Why I get the story you're telling, but why don't we go back to the interesting stuff? Yeah. Um, 
which is too bad because I think this could have been interesting on its own. And it's it's kind of funny the um like the entirety of this episode is not like bottled up and thrown away, but only the parts that happen not at the commission and not in the past. So all the stuff that's happening, you know, on Wednesday is gone because it starts off with Wednesday at 8.15 a.m. You know, after Klaus's uh, montage through the Vietnam War Mm -hmm. and everything that happened at the commission is there. Like, that's what, you know, that's that's how that happened. But he went to or five went to the beginning of the day and basically cleared all of the stuff that happened to Luther and Diego and Allison and Klaus in modern, you know, nowadays. Right. So all of that, all of that beautiful character moment between, uh, between Diego and Klaus with Diego tying Klaus up. Oh, that was so good. And you know, that bonding that they had to do <laughs> when he puts a bucket in front of him, he's like, here, whatever you got to do, puke, pee, multi-purpose. Here you go. Oh, uh, and and the the beautiful dance between Luther and Allison, like all that's gone. Yeah, all of those things are just gone. They don't matter, and we as an audience have to throw away that those great character moments, like between uh, between Pogo and Luther, when Luther found the the research, you know, all the samples that he sent from the moon, and it's just like he never touched it, he never looked at it, he never opened it. Why? What was my purpose up there? Like, and, and Pogo just has to be like, you know, he wanted to give you purpose. So he yeah. sent you there and I, I can't, I can't tell you any good reason why I'm sorry. And your father's he, many things. Forthright was not one. of Forthright them. was not one of them. Yes. And then he, he screams at Pogo to get out and like, there's that just such a great conflict and character moment that is just no more. Forget it. It didn't happen. Bye. And here's the thing. Like I want every one of those character moments to happen. I want all of it back, but I don't want to watch them again. Like if they give them to us in a new way next episode, I'm just going to be annoyed. I'm like, I don't waste more time on this. I already saw this. Right. I Um, already saw these happen. Okay, so let's talk about those great moments, though, because we can at least enjoy it. Like, to me, this was the day that was. I'm headcanoning. This was the day that was. (laughs) I want the great Diego moments. I want the great Klaus moments. I want Allison and Luther dancing like that. I'm going to say it's the day that was. Dancing Um, in the moonlight. We we talked about it a bit yesterday, um, or last when we recorded the the episode on episode five. The um, Diego-Klaus connection is so powerful to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like I really like that Diego is so frustrated with his brother and he's kind of teasing him. He's like, now you want to get sober. But I think he also really respects that Klaus wants to get sober. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know what? I, I'm glad that you want to, even if it's, you know, under weird circumstances, the end of the world, like anytime's a good time to take care of you. And, and to me, it's doubly funny because at first, I don't know if you went through this, but it seems like Klaus is doing it because he wants to be able to help fight the end of the world. And I was like, okay, good for you. That doesn't really seem in character for you. But then we realized, no, it's because he just wants to be with Dave. Yeah. He wants to be with Dave at the end. That's what I picked up from it. I never, never thought it was because he wanted to help fight the end of the world. Oh, okay. I definitely got pulled in there. Um, But yeah, that was just such a beautiful moment. And it, 
it led me to a weird question. How do you think Ben feels about this? I don't know. We saw Ben walk away. Yeah, like, I could see Ben being super happy for Klaus, but also I wonder if he's kind of jealous. Like, because now he's not, like, the only ghost Klaus talks to all the time. Like, <laughs> You want to talk to another ghost? You cheating <laughs> on me? Let's talk about the love triangle of your dead brother and your dead ex-lover. Like, um, oh, man. But I think it's also a nice reminder that, like, jealousy isn't just about, like, how many people you're in love with. Like, it can be, you know, like, you know, if jealousy is just not just an alive trait. Well, it's not. But also, like, if my sibling starts dating someone new now, they're not spending much time with me, you know? Yeah. Um, also, it's just a small moment. And maybe it's just also kind of like modern television. But I thought it was so beautiful for Diego's character. Um, you know, Diego, like, he, he understands that, like, this is in part about the person uh, Klaus loved. And he says, like, she must have really been something. And, you know, Klaus corrects him and says he really was something. Dave was amazing. And, and he puts a little bit of emphasis on the he. Like, I think he's clearly trying to be like, don't make that assumption. Klaus doesn't skip a beat. Klaus, I'm sorry. Diego doesn't skip a beat. He's just like, that's awesome. Good for you. You know, yeah, I'm glad you found somebody. And that's, you know, that's where he says, at least, you know, when when you've lost someone, you can bring him back and talk and talk to him anytime you want. Right. Which is also interesting because he doesn't like then at one point Klaus offers him to do that with Patch, which Diego does not want to do, which oh, man. makes sense because the guilt there. But yeah, but, well, he said, I don't want to talk to her until I can tell her that I, I killed the bastards who killed her. Yeah. Which oh. is also so dumb because do you think she cares about that? Yeah. Right. Like, do you <laughs> think Eudora Patch gives a damn at this point? Like, maybe she wants them brought to justice. But, like, if he said to her, I killed them, I killed the people who killed you, she would be like, oh, no, Diego, no. Oh, it's all, that's why I'm so sad I lost it. There was so much good that happened on this day. And Vanya's starting to develop powers. Yes, and that that's the day that was, right? That happens after, no, or does that happen before or after the time jump? Uh, no, she, that was after, after uh, Five came back. Okay. Yeah, so, so at least that, we don't lose that, and that's certainly no, no, we a... Do. Um, we do. Like, she left, and, like, as she's walking out is the time when Five would have come back. Oh, okay, so now we're supposed to go back to thinking that she doesn't know that she has powers? Yes. <laughs> I know, it's frustrating. <laughs> but still, okay, at least, like, we saw that moment from her, and that was, um, yeah, what was, what was your take when we realized she did have powers? Uh, I mean, we were led to believe that she has powers last episode, because it, it seemed like her violin playing was affecting Off the charts. Yeah. You know, it was affecting the people in the audience, like moving their hair and making them look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's it's not well defined right now. And I like uh like my MCU co host or my MCU cast co host Matt Carroll, I have uh, I have some issues with ill defined powers. Yeah. Um, especially like like if it was just telekinesis, I'd be like, cool, it's telekinesis. There might be a limit to what you can what you can lift, you know, um, if it's just, you know, being a firebender, then cool. You can do things with fire like this is something wholly different. Like she stopped the rain. She right. bent lampposts in toward her. She got people to to look at her and change their minds. Like, what is this? What? What reality warping power is this? 
the changing the minds thing, I don't I think the point there wasn't that. I think the point was that part of the holding her back was also preventing her from being a truly incredible violinist. Um Yeah, not feeling so because you have to feel the music. Yeah, I, th- I think it's her actual violin playing that changes their minds, but you're right, like with everything else. And that moment where we see all the lampposts bend, the flash that I actually got was the scene in um where we first meet Magneto in the original X-Men movie. Yeah. Of like the way he bends the bars of the prison gate at the um uh the death at camp yeah. at Auschwitz. But it's funny because like but it's it's you're right, it's not a metal bending power because or else why didn't the cars all move? Like it's just oh hey look, she's super powerful. Which again, you're right, doesn't make everyone else's powers are so specific and so limited, um, that that it just feels very weird. <laughs> you know, speaking on that, um Luther said repeatedly, like, we need the full force of the Academy to be able to stop the apocalypse. And I was like, to in my head, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's take inventory, right? We've got a dead brother. He's out. Uh, we've got a brother who can summon the dead. Well, that's not, that doesn't seem very powerful. What, what can he do with the dead uh, other than talk to them? And how then, how then can any living person be affected by that? Uh, we've got a guy who's super strong. Cool. That's a superpower. Um, and, and kind of like, I mean, you can drop a chandelier on him and he's okay. So he, he can take a punch as well as give one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's great. I guess we got a guy who can change the flight path of things that he throws. Uh, and he often throws knives. Okay. That's not that powerful. Uh, we have a, a lady who can make people do whatever she wants by whisper or by saying to them, I heard a rumor and then talking about it. Uh, I mean, if the apocalypse was, uh, a person doing something, yeah, she could stop that. Yeah. And none of them have global powers. All their pa- like Luther can fight one-on-one against one person pretty well. Diego can throw knives, but like, you know, if an entire army is against like these, these guys can't take on an army. Yeah. Like, like this is way bigger than them. And he's saying we need the full force of the Academy. I'm like, what force? What, what can you do? Yeah. But, oh, it's interesting though. I thought you were going in a different direction because I thought what you were saying was, and I, I hadn't picked up on it, but I, I, I now have picked up on the subtle thing that I thought you were pointing out, (laughs) which is that him saying that is supposed to foreshadow that she's supposed to be part of it as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But we don't know because we don't understand her powers because they're not well defined. They're not well defined at all. <sighs> and I mean, that kind of that kind of frustrates me. But that's more like, you know, there's what, four more episodes in the series after this one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got a little bit of time to kind of let her discover her power and, and be of use right. uh, when it comes to the apocalypse. But I mean is that enough time for her to be able to control it? Cause she obviously is not in control of it here. Uh, you know what? We still don't know who actually causes the apocalypse. If it's a person at all. I mean, we know Harold Jenkins is the name that we got at the end of it, but who the hell is Harold Jenkins? Yeah. That's I literally, the last thing I wrote in my notes is who the hell is Harold Jenkins? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Same page. Um, I love that we're on the same page. Yeah. No, I, I, I was worried this was going to be an episode where you were going to be like, come on, Matt. Like, you know, what are all the good things happening here? So no, I'm glad we're on the same page about our frustration about this. Um, I mean, it's 
I, I'm not frustrated by the the uh, the time travel bit of it. And I, you know, I, I kind of like the commission, you know, it being you know, this evil organization that five used to work for, but he's using right. and they know that he's using them, but they're kind of also using him. And they've got this big, like, you know, four dimensional chess game going on in, you know, with, with themselves, but like, it, that's cool and all. And that's a, that's a superhero story to tell. And I'm, I'm here for it because I'm a, I'm here for superhero stories. But like you've got all these great character and personal moments that I, that were just beautiful to see, and yeah. all of them are gone. Yeah. Just speaking of the commission stuff, I did love that it's um like at first we find out you know that at, at uh, uh I think at first we only learn that uh, Cha Cha has orders to kill Hazel, and then at the very end we find out that Hazel also has orders to kill Cha Cha. Yep. Um, but then discovering later that because it, it does make sense that they would send that order because like Hazel does seem like he's drifting and he's lost the briefcase and all this. Yep. But then to find out that that five had done that, I was like, okay, that that's pretty awesome at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess here's my question: What is it that the commission does that's so evil that five disagrees with? Because if the idea is that the commission wants to go kill random people to save the timeline. Isn't that exactly what five? I mean, I guess they're okay with the apocalypse and five isn't, but it seems like five still has a lot of their same ideas. Um, Kill whoever is needed to maintain the timeline, but also kill whoever's needed to not have the apocalypse happen. And I guess it kind of goes to what I was saying before, like why I wish all this had like, to me, this whole storyline would be much better in a season two, because I feel like the, the commission, I didn't want to spend more time on the commission, but the commission also felt very rushed. You know, I would have loved to, it felt like this storyline could have taken three or four episodes, you know, yeah. of like flashbacks and seeing him go through all that and learning things and changing his mind and seeing him work within the system and then come to decide it can't work, you know, like, yeah. Um, I can, I can certainly agree that the, the commission and what they do is such a heavy topic and so weighty and meaty. It's got so much to it that, it absolutely needs and warrants more, you know, more time spent on it to really flesh it out and really show, you know, what they're doing, how they accomplish it, what their rules for, for, you know, how they work, uh, work, <laughs> how their rules right. are at all. Uh, maybe, you know, if they could slip me in an, an employee manual, handbook, <laughs> uh, some HR well, rules, uh, an I nine, you know, whatever. If- Handler seems to have a much like, you know, if, the, if all of them are time benders level one, like, you know, Handler has like time bending level five because she can literally stop time for everyone except him and her, um, which is another really interesting power that we don't get explained at all. Yeah. Um, she said, neat trick. Right. And I'm like, uh, do what now? <laughs> is that your briefcase or is that you like, what's going on here? And like, why are they all in the 1950s with like abacuses and typewriters and pneumatic tubes? And like, <laughs> the shaky I love old lady with the pneumatic tubes. I love the fashion of it, but like, also the whole scene in the bathroom was just super creepy. Yeah, um, it was. And she's talking about like a burp my my roogie, mm-hmm. and sitting there just you know she's on an on an all liquid diet, hence all the the urination. I'm like, well, this is the first time that you have urinated. Uh, or really that anybody has urinated on screen uh, and you're doing that the first time here and talking about how you're doing it a lot. Uh, I, I don't have, there's not a precedent for this. And why are you talking about it? Why is this, why are you both in the same bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, 
I think, you know, hey, gender gender neutral bathrooms, I'm all for that. But like, um, not nineteen fifty five. They weren't. Well, but if, but are they nineteen fifty five or are they like three thousand fifty five? You know, because again, time travel. We don't know. Um, <laughs> I will say that I felt also like. I mean, she's she's portrayed very much as like a femme fatale vamp type, and like that's a fun character. You know, she looks great yeah. in the heels and the dress and all that. Yeah, she does. But she's also really flirting hard with Five in a way that, like, I get that she relates to him as a grown man because she met him as a grown man. And so she's flirting with a grown man. But it's still in the body of a 12-year-old. And so it's just still creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit on the creepy side. And there again, like, if we'd had four... If this was a second season plotline, if we'd had four or five episodes... Maybe we see that adult five, while he's working for her the first time, does begin a relationship with her. Like, that there's a precedent for that flirtation. And now it's kind of like a Jedzia Dax thing of, like, do you flirt with the person when now they're in a totally different body and the body's totally different than what you're used to? Like, I, I don't know. But we don't get that. We just get this very rushed, you know, in yeah. and out, we're done. Ooh. Which sounds like something very different. That's not Tell me that. more. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Stranded Panda After Dark. That happens at the end of our trivia night. Oh, it's sorry. very different. Yeah, you guys already talked about... Um, oh, shit. Alter Carbon. That's the one. Oh, God, yeah. That, yeah, talking about body swap. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a great show that goes to some dark, dark places. Um, and I, I think we've kind of covered all the big character moments that, you know, now don't happen um it <laughs> that is no there anything else? there's a couple stuff in a spoiler section i think but it, oh just a, another set of really wonderful moments diego and his mom oh. um and going to the park and oh my god no just everybody like okay 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 <sighs> frustrate <laughs> <laughs> so we've got several people in this episode who are like finally coming to the understanding that this, uh, this tyrannical father figure that they've had all their lives is no more. And they can leave the house whenever they want to, you know, uh, Diego says to grace, like dad's not here anymore. You can go wherever you want to mom. Allison and, uh, and Luther are like, you know, we don't have to, to eat and drink all this, all the stuff that's here. Like we can just go out in the real world and grab a bite to eat and be together out there. Like we can do whatever we want. Like the fact that they, they are all realizing that today on, you know, this day that wasn't is so like, it's, it's great to see them have such a freeing experience together. And it's, it's almost cathartic, like for, as a, you know, as a person, as an adult watching that, like, ah, yes, I understand that freedom that you now have. Yeah. But then they, it's all just gone. (sighs) And so are we just gone? Will someone now delete this? Is this the podcast? Yeah, does this podcast episode not matter anymore? (laughs) Um, You want to kind of wrap up and go into a spoiler section? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, To everybody who hasn't seen the rest of the show yet, uh, thank you so much. You may want to hit pause now. uh, Go watch the rest of the show. Keep listening to the other episodes. Then uh, hopefully come back and listen to this. But for anybody who has seen the show already, uh, maybe you're rewatching it again. Maybe you're just trying to get caught up in order to uh, get ready for season two, which is coming out in... Less than 10 days. I am super psyched. Very soon. Um, and by the time you're hearing this, it's going to be even less than 10 days. Um, but yeah, so for <laughs> all these... less um, than less than 10 days. Which is, yeah, it, it might even be less than nine days. Because um, math. We can do math. 
Um, anyway, we're a little punch drunk. I apologize. We're into now uh, hour five of podcasting today. Um, but but the point is, uh, check us out. I uh, hope you love all the other Stranded Panda podcasts. Uh, check them out. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts. Uh, talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on email, all the great places. And um, so with all that, we're going to go into a spoiler section in three, two, one. There's no spoilers to be had here. You don't oh, want to no, talk wait. about who Harold Jenkins actually is? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Harold Jenkins is Leonard Peabody. Why they got to kill there him? There we go. Oh, my gosh. Big spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leonard Peabody doesn't exist. He's not a real person. Yeah. And like Allison is now starting. Actually, I think I think it was actually last episode that Allison was starting to find that out. But Vanya rejects her. But um, we didn't even talk yep. about it. It, it. This is the episode where Vanya, she walks in and, and Vanya says this is a family matter. Or no, Allison says it's a family says matter. Family matter. Allison's like, oh, I can oh. see why you wouldn't invite me. So devastating. But also, again, a moment that didn't matter. Um, but yeah, I I think in no, spoiler think section. comes back after that. Or no, no. He comes back right before that. Damn it. I need a chart. <laughs> but yeah. but anyway, yeah, a couple of things there. I am. Um, uh, yeah, at least now we know who Hal Jenkins is. Um which that that makes some interesting things to it. Of course, we do know what the big secret is that D that um uh, Pogo and 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 his mom are care are keeping. We we talked about that last episode, um, and we know that Vanya is going to go on to somewhat become the big. I, I forget the exact details, but Vanya basically becomes the big bad, right? Without even meaning to. Yeah, yeah, and like it's heartbreaking, but they also you hear about moments like um you you see moments like what happens with where where. Allison says, like, no, this is a family matter. Like, is there anything she could say that'd be more hurtful than that? Um, I mean, she was looking directly at Leonard when she said it. And, like, I understand that, you know, it, it's just, like, umbrella family only, and he's not a part of that. So, like, I want to talk to you when we're alone and he's not here. But that's not what Vanya heard. And that's not oh, what... interesting because I didn't hear that at all either. I think you could be right. Maybe that is what Allison meant. But yeah, I didn't hear that in the slightest. Yeah, that's. Uh... <sighs> it's so frustrating that that these like great character moments and conflicts are just gone. Yeah. And I, and I guess it also it plays into the frustration I was saying I had with this whole uh, this whole storyline because. Like, who is Leonard Jenkins? We still don't, even after the end of the episode, we still don't, like, I, I think, <clears throat> am I right that we find out that he always wanted to be one of the people born on that day, but he wasn't? There no, was he was born on that day. He wanted to be a powered person. Right, uh, that's right. But he right. didn't have any powers. That's right. But we don't know anything. We, like, that to me is, there's so much rich storytelling. And so if Leonard is going to be one of your big bads because of that, all this other stuff, like, I, I just feel like so much time is wasted that could have been spent on packing further of those stories. Yeah. Um, so, Damn. anyway, great show, some amazing moments, uh, <laughs> but not my favorite episode. Frustrating that it all gets ripped away. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know maybe, maybe, that's, yeah, maybe that's a sign of good writing, good storytelling, is that we're, we're pissed off when these great moments get pulled away from us. I, to me, I think... If you're frustrated the first time we watch it, but then by the end of the show, it all falls into place and we're able to go like, aha, now this all makes sense. That's great storytelling. But I'm not having that moment. It's just, it's just frustrating all over again, <laughs> knowing that it's never resolved. <laughs> um, 
Okay. And again, I'm super excited for season two. So maybe season two will go into it and then it'll all be better. But we'll see. Uh, anyway, to all you all, what do you guys think? Are you as frustrated by this? Uh, are you, um, do you have strong feelings? Let us know. We'd love to hear what you folks think. Uh, again, you can find us on all the places we mentioned, Twitter, Facebook, um, email us. All the information is in the show notes and on our website, strandedpanda.com. Uh, check out all the other great Stranded Panda podcasts. And if you get a moment, drop us a review. It'd be great to know what you think. Uh, so on, myself, on behalf of myself, Jeff, uh, Ashley, who was my guest for the, the last couple episodes, and she may be jumping on to the next couple. Um, hopefully we'll also have one where maybe it's just Jeff and Ashley, and I can take a break. Uh, we will no see. breaks. But uh, for all you all, thank you so much. Be a great part of the conversation. Have a good day. And remember, we'll be watching. Thank you for listening to PandaVision. We are a member of the Stranded Panda Network. For all of our podcasts and other creative geeky projects, check out strandedpanda.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.